Hi, and welcome to this special episode of the Dr. Coffee podcast, produced in collaboration with the Witt Students Physician Society. What you'll hear in part one and two of episode 33 was recorded at a live event which occurred on the 26th of April 2023 at the Faculty of Health Sciences Lecture Halls at the University of the Witwatersrand. A huge thank you to the Witt Students Physician Society for the invitation to collaborate on this project. As I said previously, this episode is released in two parts. In part one, I'm joined by four current medical students at WITS to explain our journeys into the GEMP program. While all five of us came from different backgrounds and paths, we'll share a lot of practical advice along the way and I'm sure you'll be able to identify with parts of our stories if you're currently a medical student or considering studying medicine at WITS. In part two, our panel dives further into some more specific questions about the WAPT exam and GEMP as well as telling you a little bit more about what you can expect once you're accepted into medicine. So be sure to tune into part two as well. Before we get into it, I'd like to also remind you to check out the show notes for this episode, where you'll find links to important websites and resources mentioned in the conversation, such as the Wits Gemp website, Amps for the WAPT, and the Wits Students Physician Society social media pages. And now without any further ado, Welcome to the Dr. Coffee Podcast and Witz Physician Society GIMP Information Event. Hi everyone and welcome to this Dr. Coffee Podcast in collaboration with the Witz Physician, Physician Society. We're here at the Faculty of Health Sciences Lecture Halls at the University of Witwatersrand for this event, and what a privilege to stand before such an amazing room of people this evening. A huge thank you to the Witz Physician Society for the invitation to collaborate on this event. It's an honor to stand before a room of future doctors, future colleagues, and to offer to you motivation, encouragement, a little bit of education, and some insights into just one way of fulfilling your dreams and becoming a medical doctor in South Africa. So my name is Simon Fraser. I'm a graduate of the GEMP program here at WITS. Now, let's get the obvious information out of the way first. The GEMP program is the Graduate Entry to Medicine program. And if you were here for information on anything else, perhaps now is the time to leave. But if you are here, we hope that it's because you're here for the GEMP program and not the HEMP program or anything else for that matter. <laughs> sure. We're joined by current medical students and fellow GEMPers and uh, we're now going to hand over to Caitlin, who's going to talk to us a little bit and then hand over to the rest of our panelists. Thank you, Sam. So I'd just like to start by introducing the panelists. My name is Caitlin Slaughter. I am a fourth-year medical student, and I am the vice president and the head of outreach for the Bits Physician Society. And I'll hand over to Kayla to introduce herself. Hello everyone, I'm Kayla, I'm 22, and I'm also a fourth year medical student and member of the Wits Physician Society. Hello everyone, my name is Kiara, I'm 23 years old, I'm a fifth year medical student, I'm currently doing my ophthalmology rotation, and I'm an ex-committed member. Hello everyone, my name is Amon Hassan, I'm a fifth year medical student doing my surgery rotation, and I'm also an ex-committed member. All right, great. So, in South Africa, as in many parts of the world, medicine is usually a six-year undergraduate degree, and it's extremely competitive to get in. So let's talk quickly about numbers, right? So here at the Wits Health Sciences Faculty, 
There are typically about 700 places to first-year students in health science degrees that will go on to be a kind of medical professional. So that includes physiotherapists, occupational therapists, speech therapists, and of course doctors, okay? There's 700 places. They get over 20,000 applications every year. So the road to get into medicine at first year is extremely competitive. There's also a second way to get into medicine, and that's with a four-year postgraduate degree, as in other parts of the world, including the United States. So in the United States, if you want to do medicine, first you have to do some kind of a pre-med or bachelor's degree that includes certain prerequisites before you can do medicine. Okay, everyone up to, up to, pay the, up to speed at that point, right. So what those pre-med students do, well, they'll basically cover certain things that have to be in uh, their curriculum in order to qualify for medicine. That's where GEMP comes in in South Africa, is GEMP is a mixture of that six-year degree program and the four-year postgraduate degree program. So the Graduate Entrance Medicine program here at WITS has certain prerequisites that correspond to the first and second year of medicine. So the most basic requirements to get on the board, right, are your chemistry, physics, biology, maths. That is essentially first-year medicine. First-year medicine students also do some social sciences and the history of medicine, things like that. But I think we can agree, you're not going to be a bad surgeon because you don't know who Hippocrates was. Yeah. <laughs> so you can get into medicine without having done those subjects, right? The second-year subjects in medicine in South Africa are molecular medicine, anatomy, and physiology. So if you have those prerequisites, there's very few people that will actually have those second year, because as you go through university, you become more and more focused on one topic. I'm sure everyone in this room is familiar with that. Okay? You choose your majors, and you choose a stream. You choose the direction that you're going. So that's where the WITS additional placement test comes in. You've heard of people speak about the WACT. That's the WITS additional placement test. What it stands for is a proxy, basically, of second year medicine. So you're gonna get tested in molecular medicine, anatomy, and physiology, and by passing that exam, you're showing that you would have passed second year medicine. So you've earned your way into medicine. You're by no means a lesser candidate. You can hold your head up high, and one of the things we wanna to stress to people is that GEMP is not a lesser medicine program. You might have struggled to get into medicine and not, uh, not been successful first time around, but that doesn't make you a lesser medical student. In fact, many of the GEMP students are actually stronger students in medicine. So we spoke about the numbers getting into medicine. How many people were applying for first year? It was over 20,000, right? The applications for GEMP are significantly fewer. Because people find opportunities elsewhere, and maybe they realize that medicine isn't necessarily what they wanted to do, they've heard how hard it is to be an intern in South Africa, and there are roughly 4,000 people who would apply for GEMP. And of those 4,000, WITS will tell you only about 2,000 actually have the correct prerequisites. So there's a lack of information, there's a lot of misinformation, and there's a lot of anxiety and confusion caused by that. So we want to kind of resolve some of those issues tonight. So about 2,000 people will have the prerequisites. WITS will send out invitations to anyone who, who meets the requirements and wants to write the exam. So roughly 1,200 to 1,300 people will be invited to write the WAPT every year, and of those, about 900 people actually pitch. I don't know if some people get stage fright or some people realize that they haven't studied so they just decide not to turn up, 
But about 900 people will write, and it's a single high-stakes exam. Think about it. You've got one exam to cram an entire year of medicine into. It's a four-hour exam covering three topics. I can't remember if it's multiple choice or it's X-type. We can get into, the, into that because sometimes it changes year on year. But the point is that they are covering an entire year's curriculum in one exam. It's a high-stakes exam, and it's only pass or fail. So if you pass that exam, you've passed that second hurdle. We'll talk a little bit more in depth about it as well. But the point that I'm trying to say to you is that if you have that first year level out the way, done, then you're ready to write the wet. If you don't have those first year prerequisites, now's the time to get them done because WITS will not let you write the WAPT until you have them. In the past, they said to people, oh, it's fine, you've registered for physics, great, we'll see you at the WAPT. And then people failed physics, but passed the WAPT. And then WITS has to go through the academic transcript and see who passed, who failed, that kind of thing, right? So it's easier for them to say, no, get all your prerequisites first, and then you can be invited to write the WAPT. You write the WAPT, which is usually in September, middle of September. Everyone with me so far? It's very quiet. <laughs> if you're listening to this podcast, you could hear a pin drop. <laughs> so you, you write the WAPs in September. You'll generally get a good sense of how you do. I mean, you get some people who leave the, the room fist pumping, they're phoning their parents, yes, I passed. You get some people who are sobbing and their whole world has fallen apart, and about half the people are in the middle. And that's the people who are like, gosh, I really don't know. I don't know, molecular medicine might have been a bit weak. Physiology might have been a bit tough. Okay? And you've got this anxious wait of between six to eight weeks, which can be an eternity in uh, waiting for results, before you find out whether you passed or failed the WAPT. So usually end of October, you'll find out if you passed the WAPT. If you pass the WAPT, that's still not entry to medicine, because that just means you make the shortlist. Okay? So the WAPT is pass or fail, so if you get 51%, you're in. We've passed. If you get 90%, you, you've done well, but you've only got in the same tick next to your name as a person who's got 51, okay? Uh, we'll, we'll talk more about all the specifics and stuff, okay? But just to build a foundation, then you'll hear at the end of that year, usually around about December or January of the next year, if you're into to GIMP. I realize that I might be speaking over everyone else's um, parts, so I apologize for telling you information that you're gonna hear again. Um, but yeah, so, that's just a foundation for you to understand, number one, what GEMP is, number two, what the WAPT is, and number three, why the GEMP program exists. In fact, maybe just to add on to why the GEMP program exists, um, there is a massive shortage of good doctors in South Africa. And the first two years of medicine are quite intensive from a resource point of view. If you think about it, second year medicine requires a cadaver for you to dissect, okay? Cadavers, I mean, in South Africa, there's more cadavers than elsewhere, but um, cadavers are expensive. So it's easier for you to learn anatomy in the textbook. So that's why the road starts at third year and you come into medicine. Okay, I'm going to hand over to Kayla now. Is that correct? Are we handing over to Kayla? Okay, cool. Right, so I specifically am talking to you guys today from the perspective of a VIT student. I've only ever studied at VITS. Um, but I did not have to write the WAP test. So I'm here to tell you a bit about how that works, how I was able to get exempt, um, and hopefully that gives you some insights also into the past degree that I did. 
So firstly, just a little bit more about me and my journey into medicine. I have basically always known that I've wanted to do medicine. From when I had to choose subjects all the way up to applying to university, any time I thought about my life going in any other path, I just, I just couldn't picture it. Like There was just nothing else that I felt my calling towards, nothing else that I could see myself doing for the rest of my life. So it has definitely always been something on my heart. Um, so this was always at the back of my mind when I was applying and choosing universities and things like that. Um, so I matriculated in 2018 from the King School Robin Hills. It's a very small private school, Christian school. Um, so yeah, it didn't come from a very big, a big school or a big background or anything like that. Um, I, I applied basically everywhere. For medicine, I applied every university that I could. And then specifically at FITS, I also applied for a BHSC. So that is a biomedical health science degree. Um, and it's called the BHSC Biomedicine. So that was the main, like, second option for me. If I didn't get into med, I felt like that would be my best chance. I knew about the GEMP program. I knew that was my backup if I didn't get into med first time. So specifically choosing BHSC Biomed, I had the idea in my head that I would go into medicine through the GEMP program. Then I also applied for the degree that Kiara did at TICS, which she'll tell you more about. Um, so I got accepted for the one at TICS first, and I heard nothing from FITS. Literally up until I think I had a couple of days to accept TICS's offer, or I don't know. <laughs> so I physically came to med school to see Sandra Ben, which is our admin lady, and I sat outside her office for hours, in a queue for hours, just hoping that I could get a chance to plead my case and be like, please, like, can I, I need to know basically today if I'm in or not. So I did end up getting to speak to her. I did not get accepted into medicine, but I did get an offer for BHSC Biomedicine, which I literally, in the room, I was like, yes, I accept. Please accept for me on the portal <laughs> right now. <laughs> please do it for me. Um, so that's, that's kind of been my roots. I did that for three years. It's a three-year degree, and then if you want to do honours, it's obviously an extra year. But after that three years, I was able to apply for GIMP, um, of which I got in first round of acceptance, which was the beginning of December that year. So it was a very long, stressful wait. It is a very hard time sitting, wondering if you've done enough, wondering what this year's group of applicants look like. It is stressful. Like, if you're someone that's very driven towards medicine and that's always your end goal, like accept that you will, you will feel anxious and that's okay. You will be stressed about it and that's fine. And at the end of the day, work your hardest in whatever you've been placed in. In my BHSC, I was very bummed that I didn't get into medicine. I took the hot minutes to just acknowledge that I was bummed. I was very sad. I was not keen to do a BHSC. All I wanted was medicine. But at the end of the day, this has been my story, my journey. I am actually so grateful that, that I did a BHSC. It taught me very valuable things that have helped me so much in medicine now. It just gives you that drive. It gives you a little bit of confidence. Um, it really gives you the motivation and the work ethic that medicine requires. So at the end of the day, I'm very grateful that I did that. I don't regret well, I mean, I didn't have a choice. I didn't get into medicine. But I, I actually wouldn't have it any other way. I'm very happy with the route that I did. And the fact that I got exempt from the WAPs, that's what I was going to say. 
um, is because I did the physiology, anatomy, and molecular medicine in second year, and then I majored in physiology and molecular medicine in third year. But that second year was what was vital. First and second year, BHSC kids are with medical kids. We are in the same lecture theaters, we have the same lectures, which is really nice. Like you, you still feel like you're in medicine even though you're not, so you know what you're working towards. But that, at the end of the day, got me exempt from the WAPT, which was one of the biggest reliefs besides actually finding out that I was in medicine. So yes, that's a little bit about me. And now I'm going to pass on to Caitlin. To Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of interest, are there any batches of health science students present in the room today? Hey, wow, there we go. Okay, fantastic. That's so cool. That's tremendous. So more than half of the people in the room are actually batches of health science students. Um, it might interest you to know I'm old enough that there, there were, wasn't any batches of health science degree when I was doing my BSc. So Vitz uh, strategically and specifically started that degree to prepare you for the gap because there were so many people doing a BSc and being like, I want to do GIMP. So it's great that you guys are able to be with medicine students. I want to ask, were there ever times that the medical students were like, oh, but you just BHSC? <laughs> All the time. All the time. It definitely gives you a thick skin. You do get looked down upon. First year medical kids, generally speaking, have a very big ego. <laughs> um, yes. So it did take quite a lot of like, it's okay, I know I'm gonna get there eventually, I'll have a degree, they won't. Like it did take a lot <laughs> It did take a bit of like, I just have to ignore them for the most part because yeah, I'm on a different journey to them and at the end of the day, this is gonna benefit me and we are gonna end up in the same place. Yeah. And, and for the people who do BHSC, they graduate their three year program and then, first of all, they have the luxury of then choosing if they're going to continue with medicine, because you do see people in medicine in fifth year even like, why did I do this again? <laughs> oh, yeah, mommy and daddy wanted me to do it. Um, <laughs> yeah. so, so there's that. And then also you go into third year medicine. So you're not necessarily in a class with those people who were looking down at you, so to speak, uh, in first and second year and third year even. But you're now with a whole bunch of people who are going, oh, I have degrees. <laughs> it's a real thing. Okay. So, um, we're speaking about the WAPs now. This, this portion of the show, or the, the podcast, we're talking about the VITS Additional Placement Test. And we, we need to talk about AMT for the WAPs. Okay. I, I didn't know about any tutoring or mentoring or study sessions going on when I was preparing to get into medicine. So, for those of you who don't know my story, in 2016, um, a very kind person in my life came to me and said, listen, medicine was your dream. Money was always the issue, because um, I used to work during my varsity years to pay for my BSc, and I realized medicine just wasn't even an option. He said, if you still have the dream, I have the money. Let's go for it. So at the end of 2016, I quit my job, and at that point I was unemployed and we, recent, we found out, like just after I quit my job, we found out we were pregnant with our third child. Oh. <laughs> um, so it was very stressful, but I came and spoke to Bits and said, listen, these are my academic transcripts. What are my chances of getting in? And they said, if you can do an honors degree 
with the same marks that you got for theology, you'll walk in. But you can't apply for medicine with a theology degree. It just doesn't hold the same kind of weight. It's kind of like saying, hey, I've got a PhD in music. I think I would be a good doctor. <laughs> so my advice that I received from Varsity then was do an honors degree. It can be in anything, as long as it's science, uh, because you'll get extra credits and composites index there. So I ended up doing paleontology. It was literally the only degree that would accept me. Uh, physiology was like, no. Anatomy was like, no. Biokinetics was like, hell no. <laughs> and uh, I ended up doing paleontology, and in hindsight, it was great, because it was a far easier program to get a distinction for. And what I've subsequently learned is that getting a cum in your degree, whatever degree it is, puts you in very good standing for the wet. So you might say, but I want to do physiology. I want to do anatomy. Even if you're doing cell biology, even if you're doing zoology, even if you're doing geology, it's a science degree. And I dare say it would be easier to do well in those degrees than it would be in the uber competitive environment of the Wits Health Sciences faculty. So that's a top tip for you. Okay. So in 2017, without knowing what I need to study, uh, what books I need to read, I bumped into somebody at the paleontology department who was actually an anatomy student wanting to write the GIMP. And she told me about a practice exam that was going to be offered to students. You just had to pay 10 rand to cover printing, and you could come and write a practice exam. So I was like, fantastic. It's May. I'm starting to study for the, for the WAPT. Let's write this exam. So the exam was written at the beginning of June. Guys, I got destroyed. I'm talking, I don't, I don't think I even would have got 30% for that exam. It showed me such flames. But it was a wake-up call at the right time. I was three months before writing the WAPT. Okay? Three months before writing the WAPT. And I was in a room full of people who also wanted to write the WAPT. So we networked a little bit. We spoke about summaries. And somebody gave me summaries for anatomy and physiology. And armed with those summaries, I was like, right, there we go. I've got three months, three sections. I'm going to go one month per section, and I'm going to crash this thing. I literally broke it down like that. My wife and kids didn't see me for three months. They thought I had left the country. Meanwhile, I was just <laughs> upstairs studying. And month after month, June, July, August, I covered the sections in the wet. So the encouragement to you is you might be sitting here today going, but it's too late for me to apply. It's too late for me to write. It's not. Because there's some reason notes that exist. So in 2018, I was first year, well, not first year, I was third year medicine, I was GIMP 1. And I saw that there was a need for people to get what I got, which was an opportunity to network, share some summaries, and get information about the WAPT. There was a lot of, a lot of misinformation. There were people saying things like, if you didn't get 85% for your degree, you shouldn't bother applying. There were people saying that the exam was going to be written over an entire week. It's not. It's one day. There were people saying that you needed to buy a textbook. You don't need to buy a textbook. Okay, so there was a lot of false information. So what I started doing was offering some Saturday morning tutorials where I would spend an hour and a half with people, literally just to answer questions and to give them tips on how to prepare. That then grew the following year when a handful of people who had been in those tutorials came back, Simon, we're so excited, we're medical students now, can we help out? And I was like, that's awesome, look at what we did. Just a couple of Saturday mornings, and now we've got a handful of people, we've got, a, we've got a team. There's an expression, if you want to go fast, go by yourself. If you want to go far, go with people. 
So I sat in a room with these people, there was 10 of us in total, and I said, let us put together a formal thing. And that's where we decided to come up with Amped for the Wept, okay, to get you stoked, get you fired up, get you ready for the Wept. And the Amped was actually a play on words as well. AMP stands for Anatomy, Molecular Medicine, and Physiology, the three sections in the exam. Okay, <laughs> so Amped for the Wept, right? And we started offering Friday and Saturday tutorials, but we started making summaries. And that's the most important thing I want to say to you today. If you're preparing for the WAPT, please, guys, people have gone ahead of you. They've read the books for you. They've looked at all of the, all of the objectives that are available on the WITS website, and they've answered the questions for you. All you need to do is read. I can guarantee you that medicine is not a degree for smart people. Otherwise, I wouldn't have gotten in. Medicine is a degree for people who read. Okay, and what makes a good medical student? Put your bum in a chair and read the notes. When you're an intern doctor, then your bum can be in the air doing all the things. But to get into medicine, bum in the chair, read your notes. Okay, so the Ants for the WAPT group still exists. There's currently 2,400 people on the Telegram group. That means that every year, there's some people that get in, they leave the group, and a whole bunch of people come in, and there's still like 2,500 people using those notes, using those summaries to pass the WAPT. So remember I told you about 900 people pass the, uh, write the WAPs, correct? Mm -hmm. How many, just by show of hands, does anyone want to throw out a figure what they think the pass rate is for those 900 people? Anyone want to vol volunteer a guess? So how, what percentage, yes sir? 30%, eh, it's about half of that. So 900 <laughs> people write, 140, 130 people pass, however, I'm quoting you, I'm quoting you like outdated, expired statistics. That's what it was when I wrote. Because of Amps for the WAPT, more than half the people who write the WAPT pass. Okay. But there's a catch. It means that you need to shine on your degree. Because now there's more people passing the WAPT, it's harder for your marks to shine through. So that's why we're very clear tonight that the WAPT is only pass or fail, but your degree counts for what's called the composite index. Okay, everyone understand what the, the AMP for the WAPT group is about? Yes. You can just search for them on socials, AMP for the WAPT, and then you'll find the Telegram group. Literally everything you need is in there. There's a Google Drive with all the notes and summaries you need. Please don't invest in a textbook. All the textbooks you need are there. Um, yeah. Okay, so we're going to hand over to Caitlin now to share her story and her route to GIMP, and uh, she'll also talk about Amphibus as well. Good afternoon, everyone, and thank you for being here today to listen to our stories, which will possibly inspire you to pursue this incredible journey of becoming a doctor. As previously mentioned, my name is Caitlin Slaughter. I'm the Vice President and Head of Outreach for the Wits Physician Society. Before I share my story, I'd like to thank Dr. Simon Fraser for being here this evening. It is an absolute honor to sit on this panel with you. And on behalf of the Physician Society, we hope the relationship between the Dr. Coffee podcast and our society will grow from strength to strength. I think every panelist here today brings a unique perspective to the Kemp journey. And everyone in the audience will relate to someone's story in a personal way. So my journey begins in the small coloured community of Sydney, Durban, KwaZulu-Natal. It has always been my dream to become a medical doctor and to uplift the disadvantaged community that I come from. 
Opportunities such as the GAME program are often seen as a foreign concept to communities who lack basic needs and do not have the opportunity to further their education, let alone pursue alternative routes to becoming doctors. So I hope that by sharing my story, it inspires other young people to know that it is possible to achieve anything you set your mind to, no matter where you come from. Becoming a doctor has always been my dream from a very young age. I think my parents bought my first plastic microscope in primary school, and I definitely tried performing CPR on my perfectly healthy younger sister <laughs> while playing doctor, doctor as children. So I will fast forward a few years. I completed matric with six distinctions and three years of first aid service. However, I was not accepted to Bits Medical School at the time. I decided to study a Bachelor of Biological Sciences as I still had a passion for science and biology. I learned about the GEM program and decided this was the part for me. In my third year, I majored in Microbiology, Biotechnology and Physiology. I joined the M for the Web Telegram group, which is a student-run group founded by Dr. Simon Fraser. He created the platform of resources for aspiring GEMPers to access summaries for anatomy, physiology and molecular medicine. And this is how I prepped for the WACT exam. It was an incredibly stressful time as I tried to balance the usual third year university work and study anatomy for the very first time. Thankfully, my biological sciences degree covered a bit of molecular medicine and also allowed me to exempt physiology. I passed the entrance exam and achieved my degree as the first WITS graduate in my family. Unfortunately, I was not accepted into medicine again, and it was utterly heartbreaking at the time. But I do believe that God always has greater plans, especially when we cannot see the bigger picture. So after extensively researching alternative options into medicine, I chose to complete my honors degree in clinical microbiology and infectious diseases. It was extremely competitive with only a class of 10 people, and most of us had ambitions of pursuing GEMP. I, was, I chose to go into virology and was placed at the National Institute for Communicable Diseases in the height of the COVID-19 pandemic. I was in the heart of it where they were analyzing all the COVID stats and publishing them to the public. It was an incredible experience and I had the opportunity to work under incredible mentors such as Dr. Gillian Hunt, Mrs. Ivaldi Cutler, and the head of the HIV and AIDS unit and head of the NICD, Professor Adrian Purin. I decided to fully dedicate the year to my research and expanded my knowledge on public health in South Africa and the many pandemics we face as a country, including poverty. The focus of my thesis was testing drug resistance mutations in the genes of HIV-1 patients who were receiving AOV treatments in South Africa. I loved the research and saw the impact the science had on clinical practice. However, my heart was still set on medicine. I've always had a passion for people. My mentors could see this burning desire and saw that I wanted to be involved in the clinical aspect of my research and encouraged me to apply for medicine one more time. So I put all my eggs into one basket, did not apply for masters, and gave everything I had to my one shot at medicine. By the grace of God, I completed my degree cum laude and finally got accepted into medicine. 
and I'll just share with you how it unfolded. I had been seeing my classmates posting about the acceptances on Instagram and all their social media, and I had heard nothing yet. I still remember my father was helping at church that evening, and he had asked me to bring an extension cord from home. So I think you could see the absolute anxiety on my face as I explained to him that I had not yet heard anything from medicine. And his response was, just be calm. So I decided to go into the church as it was empty at the time, and I sat in one of the pews, and I just prayed for a bit. I think I had a good cry as well, <laughs> because this journey has really taken a lot out of me. And so that day, I came home, and my mom said, just check one more time. You never know, check one more time. So I sat on the couch and reluctantly opened my student portal, and that's when I got my acceptance. <laughs> you can imagine the sheer relief for my entire family. It was my proudest moment. Without my parents and sisters' unconditional support, I would not be here today sharing this story with you. And they are still supporting me as they are in the audience today. <laughs> it was definitely not without challenges, financial burden, emotional strain, and mental fatigue. But I can now see the bigger picture. I am now a fourth year medical student, living in my purpose, which is to serve the vulnerable and uplift others. I definitely took the scenic route, but this route has also led me to being the first colored vice president of the Wits Physician Society. And I have two and a half years left before becoming Dr. Slaughter. We're going to come to Kiara next. Well, thank you, Caitlin. And I, I just want to add, I think that it's a good thing that you're in the physician society. Because if you were to be a surgeon with the name Dr. Slaughter, <laughs> I'm not sure if the patient would consent to surgery. Um, before we go to Kiara, um, both you and Kayla have spoken about exempting a portion of the wax. So, for those who don't know, in order to exempt, you need to have passed that, that equivalent. And when you were actually writing the WACT, did you then just the kind of flip those pages and say, not for me? <laughs> what was it like for you? So basically, when you exempt a subject from the WACT exam, it does not come up on your portal at all. So when I wrote the WACT exam, it was 2020, it was in the height of COVID, so our exam was online. So when I accessed my studio portal, I only had the exam for anatomy and molecular medicine. So it does not come up at all. And if you are writing in person this year or next year, I assume that only give you the pages that you need to write. Okay. Uh, wonderful. And do you have anything to add, Caleb, before you to Kiara? 
Okay, great. So we're going to come to Kiara now because up to this point you've heard from people who have had a previous degree at WITS, okay? And that's fantastic because WITS has your academic record. They can let you go, ah, great, you got a distinction. Fantastic, you're in. But if you come from another university, sometimes the course codes don't correspond, so you have to repeat courses that you've already done, or there might be other administrative challenges which Kiara can tell us all about. Thank you. Okay, I'm just sitting in from my iPad, guys. I'm so sorry. But my name is Kiara, as mentioned, and I'm a fifth-year medical student. I did a BSCI at the University of Victoria with genetic psychology and human physiology. So just a bit of background. As all of us, I applied for medicine straight from a trick, and then I never got one. And then at that point, I didn't realize how competitive medicine was. Because my dad is my hype man. He's like, <laughs> and then that rejection then it came. And I was like, oh, now what? What am I supposed to do? So then my only backup at the time was a BSc in biological sciences at Tux or become in marketing at UJ. Thank goodness I needed to that. And then I was like, Am I going to move to Pretoria? Like, what's going to happen? Because I just do whatever my siblings do, and my sister came to us. I'm like, what has ever happened now in my life? And then, fast forward, I'm in Pretoria, and I'm doing a PSC in biological sciences. And as Kayla mentioned, in Pretoria, it's a very similar situation. You are in the same class as med students, but you're doing a PSC. And it is the most frustrating feeling in the world, knowing we're doing the same module but yours is gonna take you somewhere so much different to where it could be taking me. And then at Sykes, they have this thing called the Media Transfer, where after six months, we can join the med students and then go to their campus. Six months come, another rejection letter. And then at that point, med students will go to their campus and then you will stay on your campus. And at that point, I was like, nope, I'm not going back, nothing else. And then my parents are like, nobody have finished what you started. They've never told me what to study, but because I started, they're like, you're know, finishing this degree. And then I just remember going back to campus and people who've got into medicine knowing that you've just missed it by 2%. It was so discouraging and disheartening. And I was like, nope, I'm not doing it, I'm not doing it. And then I heard about the GAP program. And I was like, okay, cool, let's hope. Let me try again. And then in second year, I was like, okay, let me get serious and really like you to try for this because I've seen other people do it. If they can do it, like what's stopping me from doing this? Then every year, I would apply for medicine. Oh, another rejection letter. God, I got six rejection letters. And so it And then Charles, you each and every time. But if this is going to do anything, it's seven times as the charm. Um, and then the third year comes, and then you apply for the game, and then you have to write the WAT. And then, bear in mind, I did not do anatomy at all in my degree. So I had to teach myself the entire anatomy syllabus on the side while still trying to do well in my degree, because it's obviously very competitive, and at the end of the day, the thing that matters most is my degree marks. So now I'm trying to juggle studying anatomy, and it's like the superior, inferior, passion of this, and I'm going, what looks like another language is like Latin or something, while still trying to do well in my degree. And it was 
very traumatic, <laughs> but it's possible. And then shout out to Simon and the Ants of the WAC group and these beautiful summaries that they all created. It made it so much easier. So because I had like zero to no time to study for the WAC and also do well, the summaries, they saved me. Um, so um, as mentioned, I had to write all three parts of the exam. So don't be like me and keep it to the last moment. <laughs> Start studying early. Like I tried that and then, you know, life happened and then I fell behind and then I really got serious about three or four months before. And then the way I studied for the WAPT was I used the Marib, is it Marib textbook? Yes. As well as the summaries. And then in those last few weeks, it was just all the summaries. And then I would, my advice is do a little bit every day. And I remember somebody once said in the group chat, you don't need four hours or six hours a day. You can literally learn so much in like 25 minutes. Like, even if you duck, you know, in my mind, I'm like, okay, this big lot of time to study. You don't need that at all. Like, if you just do a little bit every day, it really does add up. And then I even heard about something called, I think it's Pomodoro or something. It's like 25 minute timer and then take a break. And like, if you just, you know, you don't have to work for six hours a day, but just something's better than nothing. A little bit every day will really help you in the long run. AA is enough about that. So then you write the wax and then you have to wait to see if you pass an art. Then, okay, cool, you pass, but now, you know, you want to be excited because you pass, but you're like, I'm still not idiot. So then you still be serious. So then you just have to, you know, push and push and just make sure that your degree marks are good. And then um, it comes that time where, as mentioned, you see other people say, I got excited to be like, and me? Sorry, it's not their feet. <laughs> like, even if I'm not in, I still want to know. And then, because I was from a different university, they don't just have my marks on like the system, so you actually have to like send it in, which can be super stressful, because I remember the deadline for them to have my transcript was like before my boss was going to give it to me. So now I had to like call them and be like, please, I need this transcript like now, like I'm going to miss the deadline. It was super stressful, but yeah, no good now. <laughs> and then also just to mention, I think you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, but the selection is not the same. So if you're at an external university, they only takes 30%. So let's just say there's 100 spots available. Only 30 will be for those who are not from BITS. So the competition is like a lot higher. And it's from people literally like Iman, studying in America from anywhere. So it's not just like these universities, you're competing with anyone and everyone. So you really have to make sure that you're, you're serious. And then um, one more thing that I just wanted to add is that as much as your studies are important, if you know me, I like to enjoy my life and have fun. <laughs> and I think it's really important to make that time for yourself. As much as we are bookworms and have to study all the time, Put things on the weekend that you'll afford to. If you like parties in two weeks' time, you know, set a goal. Like, I need to study this much by day. Because you know, it's your life. You still need to have fun. You still need to live. Go bowling, go ice skating, you know. As much as this is important, there is more to life. We still need to live. So try and make that balance. And if I was in Hatfield, and I could do it, <laughs> 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 and then this 
just one more thing. Sorry, I was talking a lot. Um, I think we don't really talk enough about like the imposter syndrome that you feel when you get in, because like I said, six rejection letters, like you almost don't believe that it's real. Like I only got excited and was like, okay, I made it when um, we had our first orientation class and I saw my name on my classes and I was like, oh, I'm in for real? <laughs> but like, because you've been kicked down so many times, like, oh, you didn't make it, you didn't make it. Like, you almost don't feel excited for yourself. You're like, no, it can't be real. Like, it's not, you know, so it is hard adjusting that mindset, especially as mentioned, you know, some people look down on these other degrees and these degrees are hard. A BSc degree, it's hard. Genetics is hard. Like, people look down on these degrees and it is really hard. So just, you know, try to pick yourself back up. There's this one where it's, it's like, and this is it. Failure is not getting down, but it's something about not getting yourself back up. I don't know. Don't stay down, like just pick yourself back up. Don't let anyone make you feel like you're less than because you're not studying medicine. Your degree is hard. Acknowledge that. You know, be proud of yourself for studying whatever you are studying. Don't get discouraged or anything like that. So yeah, let me stop talking. And now. <laughs> That's great encouragement, and I dare say very inspirational, even if people didn't really know the quote, they understood the heart behind it. Um, and, and I think what comes through clearly is, you know, rejection is never final. And, and there are many people who apply many years, even after they've passed the WAPT. So there are people who pass the WAPT and then they have to keep going and get an honors degree, get a master's degree. Some people in our, in our year, we have people who are even writing their PhD when they started medicine. And it's because they just kept on persevering, kept on persisting. Um, I know that when you're 25, um, a year seems like a really long time. But anyone who, who's a little bit older will tell you that as, the, as you get older, a year becomes less and less and less. Um, and, and yeah, just if you don't get in the first time, keep going. This is what you really, really want. You mentioned two things, and, and Shami Man, you've been so patient. We, we are coming to you, I promise. And, and if your bladder is starting to feel full, the toilet break is coming, we promise. Um, but you mentioned two things, and I want to just piggyback on what you said. So you mentioned the Pomodoro technique. Okay. So for those of you who don't know, the Pomodoro technique has been around for a long time. It's what I use to make sure that I crushed my study goals, and I still use it if I have really deep, intense work that I need to do. Okay. Pomodoro is the name for uh, tomato, I believe in Italian, but I stand to be corrected. Okay. And it comes from a guy who had a little timer that's shaped like a tomato clock. And what he did was he divided his 24-hour day into 48 half-hour segments. And he used his little tomato timer to do that. To study effectively, you just sit down at your desk and you just say, for the next 25 minutes, I'm not going to move. My phone is going to be off to the side. I'm not going to have any distractions for about 25 minutes. And why that's a magic number is that most people will find that their attention span will be between 20 and 25 minutes. Some people can go a bit longer. And certainly with practice, you will find that that time goes, gets longer and longer and longer. But generally, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. If you're sitting in a lecture, you're so attentive. Your handwriting at the beginning in your, in your lecture notes is pristine. <laughs> 
And after about 20 minutes, you kind of start talking, your mind starts to wonder, your handwriting gets a bit more sloppy, and then bam, all of a sudden you get that second wind of focus, right? Same thing with Pomodoro. You're just accessing that part of your brain that says, for 20 minutes, I'm not gonna have any distractions. And let's be honest, this is a major distraction. Mm -hmm. All of the intrusive WhatsApp messages and notifications on the seven social media sites that you're a part of. But if you silence that for 20 minutes, barring a fire or a death in the family, you're not gonna need to tend to a notification on this for 20 minutes, okay? The bank could be phoning you, it's fine. They'll phone back, okay? So leave it and put that away and know that in 20 minutes time, it'll be there. And then you give yourself a five minute break and you can do whatever you like. You can make a cup of coffee, you can respond to all of your DMs, you can phone someone, you can go outside, get some sunlight, whatever you want. But then you're back at your desk again for the next Pomodoro. That's a great way to make sure that you study. Another thing that you mentioned was the encouragements I gave to people was you don't need to start studying on the hour. You know those people who are like, oh, it's, it's 11.14 now. I feel attacked. It's 11.14, so I can't start studying until 12. I feel very personally attacked right now. So you know what I'm talking about, guys. All of us do it. We go, okay, it's 11.15. I'll start studying at 12, and I've got 45 minutes. And then you go, oh, it's 12.07, I missed it. <laughs> I'm going to have to start at 1. Okay? The other mistake we make is we think, I need a day where I have like six hours. Yeah, six hours of good study time. Okay? Um, the, the reality is that if you've worked any kind of desk job, if you've worked any kind of long 8 to 5 shift, you know that no one can actually do seven hours of solid work, okay? That's why a school day is only four hours long. The kids start at like eight hours, uh, at eight o'clock. They have two hours of school, they have a break. They have two hours of school, they have a break. And then they send them home an hour later because you cannot learn effectively for seven hours. So rather than look for those golden days when you have nothing else planned, try and do a little bit every single day. And it can be spread out over more than one study period. So if you've got 20 minutes in the morning before class, you can knock down two objectives of the WAPT. So you've learned two things closer to passing the WAPT. And then maybe you have a morning lecture and you have a free for an hour or two, and then you have an afternoon lecture. By all means, rest between lectures. You still need to focus on your degree. But again, grab another 20 minutes to knock down two objectives for the WAPT. And then you look back at the end of the day, you said, yes, I got one day closer to my degree for the WAPT, but I also knocked down seven objectives. Okay, and don't let the sun set without you getting something towards the WAPT. So even if it's nine o'clock, 10 o'clock at night, so you get home after gym or you get home after a social, you say, I'm just gonna read one line of the summary and learn one thing, gonna learn the name of one bone going to learn one articulation in anatomy, going to learn one nerve and what it innovates, whatever. Please don't let a day go by that you say, oh, I didn't learn anything today. Make sense? Yes. Okay, Iman, you have been far too patient. <laughs> Here you go. Okay, um, like I said before, my name is Iman Hassan, and I'm currently in fifth year, so that's GEB 3. Yeah, the gauge system was quite confusing for a while when I remember the ones we went into, like the surgery, and we were 
in fourth year, they thought we were game fours. It's quite a lot of very difficult questions. <laughs> <laughs> we actually game threes, so, but yeah. Um, my story is quite different to everyone else's in that I didn't know that I wanted to do medicine when I was in school. Um, I had a very different goal. At the time, I was very focused on tennis. Um, I was a South African tennis player. I was competing internationally all over the country, and that was my focus. Um, and when I was 18, finishing school, I got offered uh, multiple scholarships in the United States to go and play tennis there on a sports scholarship. So um, in my mind, I was going pro in tennis at the time, so that was my goal. And that's actually the reason that I went to the States. Um, and obviously when you get there, it's a student athlete, so you have to study something. Couldn't <laughs> 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 just play tennis. So uh, I remember initially when I went, my parents came with me and we were sitting um, in the sports counselor's office and they're like, what do you want to study? And uh, I didn't actually know at the time, but I always knew that I wanted to do, to do something in the health sciences. Obviously in the States, you can't go straight into medicine. Uh, you do have to do a pre-medical degree. So um, my coach was very nervous with me doing this because obviously we train six times a week, five hours a day, very difficult to balance the time. Um, but my mom, who's one of my biggest inspirations, she instilled in me from a very young age that you have to believe in this concept um, of doing a little a lot of the time. So I always knew that I'd be able to cope with doing it if I kind of just studied a little bit a lot of the time. So I told counselor, I was like, no, um, I want to study this pre-medical degree. So it was a big burden actually, like balancing both, because um, we'd compete every weekend. I'd be training every day, um, 4.30 a.m. practices, it was a lot. But uh, fast forward, I didn't know whether I was gonna start, like, further my studies in the States or in South Africa once I finished my pre-medical degree. So um, initially I actually thought that I wouldn't be able to come to South Africa to continue medicine. Like I thought I'd have to start again from first year. Obviously at that point I'd already been studying for four years and I was like, I think it was like a year before my baby sister was going to come into medicine and I was like, we can't be in the same medical class. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I, I didn't know, because I didn't write NBTs, my boys always go to the States, I just wrote the SATs, never wrote NBTs, and I always assumed if you were coming to study, like to get into the game, because I had heard of it, I assumed you would have had to have written NBTs. That's not true. Well, everyone else did in, in South Africa, but if you haven't, you actually don't have to have done your NBTs to applied for the game program. So 2020 came, it was COVID. Um, I was in my last year of studies and I think it was March when everywhere shut down and I had to fly back from the States back to South Africa because it was like the last flight to get out of there before things got really bad. Um, and our season was canceled, everything kind of changed for me. I didn't really know what I was gonna do with the next year because obviously there was that, do I continue in the States or do I continue in South Africa? At the point I didn't know if I could continue in South Africa. So I came home and I started discussing the options with my parents and I was like, listen, I don't really know if that'll be an option for me. Um, but my parents were like, no, let's just look on the website and see. So we 
research did a little bit and I saw that you didn't actually need to do NVTs and that you could get into third year of medicine, which would be the same as me getting into medicine um, in the States, because it would be eight years in total. I'd done a four-year undergrad, and to further in the States is another four years of a medical degree, whereas here I'd get into third year, which would be four years. So then came the problem of the WACT, because we didn't know if the exam was going to be online or if it was going to be in person. And it was set for September, and I was going back to the States in August. So I was like, okay, I'm not going to be able to write that. There's no way. Um, but my mom was like, just apply. You never know. Things are really bad at the moment with COVID. You, maybe they will have the exam online. So that was actually what happened. The exam was online, and it was in September. Obviously, um, coming from the States, I had to write every component, so anatomy, physiology, and molecular medicine, which were all uh, courses that I had done um, in America. But the American system and the South African system is very different in that there they only have semester courses, so they don't have any year-long courses, so you never tested on that amount of work. Um, so it was like, quite a big ask to have to study all of the stuff and um, write this exams in the States because I was writing it while I was there. And there's a seven hour time difference. Yeah. So I had to wake up at four in the morning to write, which was 11 a.m. here. Um, and I remember like I went to the library because I was like, if the Wi-Fi at my place drops, like it's gonna be a problem. So I went to the library, started, I think I started with physiology and it gets towards the end of the, the exam and I'm clicking submit and it's not submitting. And I knew nobody writing this exam at all. So thank goodness for Simon's and for the WAPT group because I thought this is already happening to me that the system was crashing. So I actually went to another library because I thought it was the Wi-Fi and it just wasn't coming back up. And there was like an hour or two of this stress because no one kind of knew what was going on until we got an email saying that the system had crashed because I think a lot of people were writing and um, they said it could be like an hour or two till it gets back up, but the exams had to be in by 10 p.m. South African time. So I was like, this is not gonna work. I'm not gonna finish all three components. Luckily, they gave us two hours extra. So anyway, finish writing, think everything's good go on with my life from September, and then I get an email in November, and they like, unfortunately 25 people out of, I guess, I don't know how many wrote that year, have to rewrite some of the components of the work. And I was like, it's not gonna be me, <laughs> no way. I submitted everything. It was me. <laughs> I was one of the 25, and I was so upset, because um, it was like, end of November, at that point I assumed people were really getting told whether they had gotten in or not. And I was like, now I'm rewriting, they'll never consider me, all of this stuff. Um, so then I rewrote, again at four in the morning, <laughs> really painful, but I uh, rewrote, submitted, everything went through. Um, and then obviously you're only here by the end of December, Jan. And how it works in the States is your year starts in September and it's in May. I had gone to the States in January of 2017, so I could technically graduate December of 2020. 
Um, but I didn't know if I was going to get in or not. And with COVID, they'd given all of the athletes an extra year uh, to compete. So my coach was under the impression that I was staying until May. Um, so I had to go have a very painful conversation with him, <laughs> being like, there's a chance that I might not actually come back to the States at all. Like, I'm going home in December, I'm going to take everything with me, <laughs> and there's a chance I might not come back at all. Like, and there's eight people in a team, six compete, but a bit difficult conversation. Um, and at the time, I was the captain of, captain of my team, um, I was a senior on my team as well, and in the... In your team, it's a very big role because you, you like lead the team, you guide them, everything like that. So it was a difficult conversation to have, but my coach um, was someone that he had a lot of faith in me. Like, uh, and he's like, you know what? I know that your path has changed since when you came here when you were 18, because obviously at that point, tennis was my main focus, but as time went on, um, I was more focused on medicine. It's like, I know that your goals have shifted, so if you do get that opportunity, obviously I want you to take it, because that's where your life's gonna go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I left, all of like, everything, my, like my friends, I didn't know if I was like, crying when I'm saying goodbye to them, because <laughs> I might see you in like, three weeks. It was just like, everything was so up in the air because I just really didn't know what was gonna happen. I had to pack up my whole room and you can only fly with two suitcases. So I had to leave a suitcase in the States, which is still in the States. <laughs> <laughs> I have a very good friend, she has um, But anyway, yeah, so it was, it was like, I'm just uprooting my life for something that I don't even know if I'm gonna get in for. Uh, and also, we only finished on the 15th of December, and you need to, I think at that point you needed to submit your transcripts by early December. So I had to write a very nice email and tell them, listen, I only finished on the 15th, I can give you my, um, my transcripts up until this point, but obviously it's not the official ones yet because I hadn't graduated at that point. And they were uh, very, forthcoming about it. Because I think initially you just assume everyone's just gonna say no, like you can't do that. But they were actually very forthcoming about me being able to give those unofficial until I got my official transcripts. And then, yeah, I think it was around the 20 something of December, we were on holiday, chilling. And then I got the, um, the email. I wasn't sure, because obviously like, I didn't even know how to use the bits portal or anything <laughs> like that. So for me, it was an email. Um, and I think, if I'm not mistaken, I think I sent it to Simon being like, is this the acceptance? <laughs> <laughs> was like my guru in this whole situation, because I knew no one that had done this program, and after the WAP was like, it had all the summaries, it had all the advice, all the answers, all the questions. And Simon's like, no, oh, you got in. <laughs> okay, cool. He's like, I'll add you to the Ant for Game group because you made <laughs> which we still share resources on today. Yeah. So, awesome. um, it really helps. Yeah, you should do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so that was kind of my journey. It was a little bit different. Um, yeah, I think, like, I really didn't know that you could do events and coming from a university that wasn't in South Africa. And I think a lot of people don't know that. So I think it is um, something that is important to know that it is another option because sometimes you don't know that you want to do medicine from the beginning. I didn't. Um, 
but I think like that's just life. Your pathways are going to change. What you decide to do is going to change. But um, I think you shouldn't look as anything that you've done in your life as like a bad thing. You need to look as it as just like a step in your journey. Like they will see it. Everyone's journey's been different. And genuinely, I would do it exactly the same way. It was some of the best years of my life. So uh, yeah, that was just kind of my journey. That's such good encouragement. And remember that there's many people in this room who are VIT students or even localers in Khateng, but we've got people who will be watching this on YouTube and listening to the podcast who will be interested in GIMP and interested in medicine who, like Iman, will be studying in other countries or doing different degrees. And, and this is encouragement to them. And also I think when you listen to different roads and you listen to different people speak, I think every single person in the room will identify with one of the stories here. And uh, you might be older like me with some wrinkles, or you might be very, very young, and uh, you'll just find something that you resonate with. We're going to take a short break because the saying is the mind can only absorb what the seat can endure. So it's been over an hour of listening to us um, telling you about the WAPT and about writing this exam. We're going to take a short 10-minute break. So if we can ask you to please return to the auditorium at 10 past 6 o'clock for us to start again at quarter past six. Then we're going to dive into the rest of the evening, which is where we're going to address more of the focused questions about the WAPT and about GIMP. Sound good? Yes. That's it for part one of this episode. Before heading to part two, I want to quickly remind you that the show notes include links to important websites and resources mentioned in the conversation, such as the WITS GEMP website, AMP for the WAPT, and the WITS Students Physician Society social media pages. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you in part two.